0: Good evening guys, welcome to another Wednesday day. Today we are going to be continuing on through the book of John, and we're going to be in chapter 12 today, uh, picking up from where we left off last week. So before we go out, we'll just pray. Father, I just praise you and I thank you for your word. Uh, I thank you uh, that you continue to speak to us uh, through it. I pray that as we go through it tonight, that you would uh, continue to speak through your Holy Spirit, uh, through your word to uh, each and every one of us that you would illuminate your word to us, whether it be through uh, the main message of what we're talking about here, or uh, whether it just be little things that you want to draw out to each of us individually. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, speak through me, that you would give me uh, your words, uh, that they would be, uh, not be my own, and uh, that it would glorify you, and that each and every one of us uh, would, would actually retain what we're uh, looking at from your word tonight, and you'd help us to live that in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Cool, so we are in John chapter 12, and we're going to be picking up in verse 3 today. But we're going to do just to kind of like a quick recap. We're going to quickly set the scene again. So Jesus is at a celebration in Bethany, and everyone's lying around the table. You know, how we talked about last week, where they're not going to be sitting in chairs and tables, as we're kind of a little bit more used to a lot of us uh, here in England. But uh, they're actually going to be at a table that's pretty much at floor level. And they're going to be lying on their sides, you know, probably resting on one hand, you know, eating with the other hand, you know, laughing, chatting with one another. You've got uh, Martha serving the food. And that's kind of the scene that we're at right now. And then in verse 3, it picks up and it says, Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance." Now, Mary has taken this jar of expensive perfume, and just to kind of set the scene a bit, you know, we've got everyone, you know, kind of enjoying their meals together, and then you've got Martha serving the uh, food and everything, and everyone's just having a great time celebrating together, celebrating the fact that Lazarus is alive again. And then, Mary comes along, and, you know, Jesus is outstretched, you know, his feet are pointing towards the wall, and, you know, he's just having a good time, and all of a sudden Mary comes over, takes this expensive perfume, and just starts pouring it over Jesus' feet. This wasn't normal. Like, I know we can kind of sit there and be like, oh, yeah, it was probably just a little bit more normal then, but imagine someone did that to you when you went over to your friend's house. You'd be a little bit like, wait, what, what? What, what's happening? Sorry now slightly less unusual for us and the, uh, for them in the sense that When you went into someone's house, it was customary uh, for the lowest slave in the house or it would be the homeowner who would come and uh, They would just wash your feet and they would put a dab of oil on your hair like just like as the part of the custom when you're coming into the house now They're already sat down, they're eating, that's probably already happened. So all of a sudden, this expensive perfume is now being poured over Jesus' feet. So, um, this isn't normal. To be perfectly honest, this is a little bit weird for everyone involved. You know, above, above that, above the fact that she's actually anointing his feet with oil, she's using a really expensive perfume. As we'll see, it's worth a year's wages. This is probably the sort of thing that was, you know, it was savings, it was a large amount of money, something that she would have probably been, either it would have been something for a dowry, it would have been something that uh, is there as, you know, a pot of savings. That's, that's how a lot of people did savings a lot of that time. They'd have perfumes or things like that, and that would be your savings, that would be your investment which was way different than, you know, gold bars or, you know, having an ice or a counter or anything else like that. And she's taken this expensive perfume and she's pouring it over Jesus' feet. And it's a perfume that smells like John writes, he says, the house was filled with the fragrance. This is something that everybody is aware is happening right now. And as she's doing it, anyone else looking around is kind of like, what, what? What's Mary doing? And then anyone else who's kind of, you know, sitting joking around, maybe hasn't quite noticed, you know, out of the corner of their eye, uh, is like, hey, do, you, do you smell that? What? Oh, wait, what's happening over there? You know, all of a sudden, there's this commotion now of so- something is happening, what is happening, why is this happening? And if you just imagine that scene, it's, it's a little bit peculiar. And then, it's not normal either for her to be taking her hair out. It's usually wrapped up, you know, that was part of the culture. Women just didn't have their hair flying around everywhere all the time. It was kept up and really it was only taken down in private settings. So that was unusual for her to be untying her hair and then for her to be using her hair, which was seen as way more of um, a statement of beauty than it is uh, nowadays. And uh, she's taking that and she's then wiping Jesus' feet with it. So this is a very uh, peculiar uh, thing that's happening for all of them right now. Uh, Not just for us looking at it right now and being like, huh. That's a bit odd. You know, this is a very extravagant and peculiar thing that's happening. And it's very humbling for Mary to be doing this. She's not only uh, like pouring out expenses in this, but she's also humbling herself in the position of, I'm not only giving up my savings here probably, but I'm humbling myself to the point of the lowest slave and I am anointing you with oil, and I am wiping your oil with my hair. Like, this is crazy! But did Mary stop at any point? No. Because Mary selflessly humbled herself in an act of loving devotion to Jesus. Her eyes are on Jesus only. That is who she cares about in this moment. Anyone else is just, ah, whatever they think is whatever they think. Right now, I am loving Jesus. She didn't care what anyone thought, and you think, like, like, would would we do that? I know, I would have, I would, you know, have to really think about it, like, I would do a double take. Like, you know, do, do I need, do I need to use, like, the most expensive perfume, which is, like, my life savings? Or, do, can I, can I use a towel? Or, you know, those things would run through our minds, and in the moment, This is expensive and it's humbling, and it's something that isn't crossing her mind as a second thought. It's just a, I am doing this. We often think, oh, you know, when it comes to an expensive or a humbling way of loving Jesus, we often, you know, our flesh rises up and it's like, there are other ways we can love Jesus, right? You know, do I really need to give up my retirement fund for this? Or do I really need to do that? In public, where everyone can see me, those thoughts enter our mind when we're faced with just an act of love for Jesus. We just kind of think, if the Lord prompts us to pray for someone, we're like, yeah, yeah, that that person doesn't really know me that well, or whatever. i I'll, I'll I'll pray for them, you know, you know, before I go to sleep tonight, or some, or I'll pray for them right now, just quietly. We don't want to go and make a scene of, hey, can I pray for you? that's humbling and we don't like the thought of that and it's us taking a step of actually in loving devotion to Jesus it's okay that I humble myself and I step out of my comfort zone because he's worth me humbling myself. Um, You know we think if the Lord prompts us, hey this person doesn't actually have enough money for groceries this week that we say, okay Lord I know I don't have a lot but if you're asking me to give, then I will give. And actually then going out saying, Lord, I know that you're going to take care of me. Different ways that we try to comfortably love Jesus and actually show that love to others. That That's what we're used to. But instead saying, actually, what if loving Jesus and loving others isn't always comfortable? Is that okay? Yes. Yes, it's okay. And uh, I'm reminded of a while ago, uh, I got paid from just doing a job for someone, and it was in addition to my normal income. And I was like, oh, great. Oh, this is really nice. You know, I have a little bit of extra money this month. And then I felt the Lord prompting me to give that money away. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord. Okay, sure. You know, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, that's really nice. I'm, I'm glad the Lord was able to use that. Then, very soon afterwards, I receive an email uh, that a bill is due, and it's a a large bill, and it turns out, the money that I just gave away would have paid that bill. And I was, in that moment, I went from, oh, that's really great, you know, the Lord was able to use that, to a, oh no, was that the Lord asking me to give that money, or was that just me trying to be kind, oh, hang on a minute, I, I need that money, okay okay, what am I going to do for that money then? And really thinking of those things. Loving Jesus was expensive in that moment, and I wasn't too excited about the fact that it was expensive. And then the Lord reminded me, hey, I, I asked for you to give that away. I'm going to take care of this. Don't worry about it. Just trust me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty silly. Yeah, for me to get. You know, like, ah, oh, I needed that money and everything, you know, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to have to trust you for that. And then saying, okay, Lord, then I'm going to pray about it and just trust for you to provide that then. And it got closer and closer to the time that the bill needed to be paid and, it, you know, I didn't have the money for it yet. And then all of a sudden someone uh, came to me and they were like, hey, um, yeah, I want to, Lord, prompt me to, um, to actually give you some money. So, um, and it was the money to pay the bill. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I was like, Lord, that is really weird. I didn't share that with anyone else. And the Lord provided because he actually honored the fact of, hey, you want? I've asked for you to be obedient. And you've trusted me to provide. And of course, I'm going to deliver because you can trust me. So the Lord took care of me, but I had to remember that he would actually take care of me. I had to trust him to take care of me and not be afraid of the loving expenses. Not living expenses, but the loving expenses. The expenses of actually loving Jesus and loving others that Jesus is asking me to love. Just like Mary didn't care about the cost of the oil and the humiliation of actually service there, we shouldn't either. because. Jesus is worth far more than our money or our dignity. Verse 4 says, But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So this is already a very awkward scene where Mary's, you know, doing this act of love towards Jesus, and all the disciples are a little bit like, what's going on here? Okay. And you can imagine this probably like this kind of tense silence as it's going on. No one quite saying anything. And all of a sudden, Judas speaks up in this very tense and awkward moment. And this is really the only other negative um, story that we hear of Judas, other than, obviously, his betrayal. But it's this moment right before all that happens, where you kind of think, oh, yeah, Judas, the golden boy, you know, a lot of the disciples were thinking, obviously, we know the latter half of that story. But they're like, Judas, he's the treasurer, you know, real good guy, solid. You know, he's hidden his heart from all the other disciples, but Jesus still knows it, and he loves him, and he actually gives him the responsibility of the money. As well and Judas has all that hiding in his heart and the moment he just springs out with this he's just coming out with that perfume is worth a year's wages he's not coming out and saying wow mary i wish we could love jesus like you love jesus or wow mary that's wonderful you know nothing encouraging he's just ridiculing mary in this very tense and awkward moment this moment where Mary's actually being very vulnerable and she's humbling herself in this and Judas just wants to stamp her down. And clearly that is not the good thing to do in that moment. And so Judas speaks up in this very tense moment, not of praise but of ridicule, and he reveals his values. He reveals where his heart is at. It's in the finances, it's in the money, it's really in himself. As it clearly states here, it's like, not that he really cared about the poor, but he was stealing money, you know, he wanted a little bit of that for himself. So, Judas' values here are clearly shown. Jesus already knows them anyway, but we see that these values are in stark contrast to Jesus' values, as we'll see as we read on a little bit. And you kind of think the sentiment is, isn't this a little bit too much? You know, Judas is there, like, isn't this a bit too much, Mary? You know, th- that was a lot of money that you've just wasted on Jesus' feet. And you kind of think, uh, Judas, what, what are you talking about? What, like, a lot of us will feel that. But in the moment, you think, honestly, actually, how would we feel? It's a very awkward moment. It's not an, it's, it's an unusual moment. And Judas speaks up here, and in Matthew 26, verse 8, it recounts the story as well, not in quite as much detail, but it says in verse 8 of Matthew 26, the disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. So it wasn't just Judas speaking up here. Because we like to kind of throw it on Judas saying this, but actually a lot, you know, a bunch of other disciples were in with Judas, saying, that was a waste. You know, you could have really helped the poor with that money. And instead, you decided to just go and pour it all, you know, on Jesus' feet. He had his feet washed when he came in. That wasn't necessary. And a lot of us kind of get in that kind of um, feeling of, is this really necessary? Do I really need to do this to love Jesus? Well, if it's coming from the heart of sacrificial love and devotion to Jesus, Jesus is asking me to do this. Of course, it's necessary because Jesus is asking me to do this. But does it need to be necessary for us to love Jesus extravagantly? Or can it actually just be from the overflow of the heart of, Lord, I love you. How can I serve you? How can I give you my all? The thought kind of is, you didn't have to do that much. A little would have been okay, but that was a lot, Mary. It's the contagious sentiment of, that wasn't really worth it. Which, a lot of us have to assess, would would I have felt the same way if Judas is feeling that? But then a lot of the other disciples are feeling that. Would I have maybe felt the same way in that situation? And Do I feel that way in situations today, where I think, well, was it really worth it? Or, looking beforehand at the moment, is it really going to be worth it? And you think in this moment, what wasn't worth it? The amount of perf the amount that the perfume costs in relation to Jesus or his feet. No amount of expensive perfume is worth it, because they're all not expensive enough as far as Mary is concerned. This is what she has, and as far as she's concerned, it's not enough. She wished that she had more to pour over Jesus because she loves him far more than the cost of this oil. You see, sacrificial love looks foolish to the world, but it's completely beautiful in the eyes of the Savior. He sees that sacrifice isn't done out of impulse or out of wanting to honor ourselves, but out of the knowledge that they have, that Mary has here, that her Savior will already take care of her every need. She knows, hey, I'm gonna pour this out for Jesus because he's already given me everything I know I'm in the arms of the Saviour, that he will continue to take care of my every need, even when I have handed out this expensive perfume, which is a lot of money and which is basically savings. That sacrificial love comes from a place of trust in the Saviour. And that's where we have to be to love sacrificially, to love the Lord and to say, I trust you with this. When someone's in need and the Lord asks us to give, we can sacrifice what we have knowing that he'll provide for us when we're in need. And the story that I shared earlier, when the Lord asked me to give, I didn't realize the cost at the time. I was just, yeah, sure, yeah, I'm happy to give, Lord. And then when I did, when I did realize the cost of that, my first, my first realization, my first thought didn't go to, oh, I trust you, Lord. My first thought was, oh no, I needed that money. Was it the Lord or was that just me? You know, starting to doubt myself, but instead it needed the Lord to remind me hey, just trust me, okay? Okay? Okay, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Lord, I should trust you. Reminding me hey, you know, if you're going to love sacrificially, remember, with that, actually trust me at the same time because I'll take care of you, even if it means you might miss out. Many of us will be faced with moments of loving sacrificially throughout different points in our lives. Either financially, in our dignity, in expenses and opportunities, and more. And in those moments, it's for us to trust the Lord in our desire to love Him. To love Him obediently. That we can actually then do it sacrificially. Knowing that we may go without, but that we're actually in the arms of the Saviour So we'll be completely okay, we know that he's going to take care of us. Right after Judas has said this then in verse 7, Jesus replied in verse 7, Leave her alone, she did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Jesus comes to Mary's defense and it's that beautiful thing where all of a sudden, Mary's being very vulnerable, humbling herself, pouring herself out for the Lord, Judas comes in, along with a bunch of the other disciples, and they're like, come on, Mary, really? And Jesus is like, leave her alone. Do you guys not understand? And completely turning the tables where they think, hey, we've got to teach Mary what, you know, school her on this. And Jesus is like, no, you guys don't understand. Like, sit back down. What you don't understand is Mary's doing the right thing here. Mary loves me. Mary understands that I'm not going to be here forever. That I'm not going to be here with you in the flesh. That soon I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to die. And Mary understands this. But you guys don't seem to understand it. You guys seem more concerned about the poor who will always be here. And that's what Jesus is conveying here. He's correcting Judas along with the other commenters here. And he states that it's in preparation for his burial. Now... Who would criticise funeral expenses? You don't go to a funeral, turn to the person next to you and say, spent a whole lot of money on this for well, this guy. You know, I could have... Could have used this money for other things. Don't know why they spent it on this guy. You know, you don't... You don't see that sort of thing. It's very rude. And especially to say it, knowing, hey, we're doing this before the guy's died. Why are you going to say it to the guy's face? To say, Oh, it's a bit much, Mary. And Jesus is standing right there. He's like, she did this in preparation for my burial. Am am I not worth this to you? Mary actually seems to understand the worth of her saviour. But it doesn't seem like you guys are connecting that. Like you guys are understanding that. So he's really saying, you know, am I not worth this burial in perfumes to you? You know, am I not worth this much? The son of man will not always be here. So, love him now, in ways that you won't be able to later. Meanwhile, you'll have the poor, you can always continue to give the poor, to give to the poor. But, the Son of Man, he's here for a very limited amount of time here on earth. So, love him now while you can. And that's what Jesus is conveying to them. That you'll always be able to give, but that's not really your concern, is it, Judas? Your concern wasn't really for the poor in this. And he highlights the issue. Where is Jesus on your priority list? Is he worth your sacrifice? That's more the issue that Jesus is drawing out here. And the answer is, is Jesus worth our sacrifice? Exceedingly yes. And he's worth far more than we can ever possibly give. He gave his life for ours. He's the savior. He's the Messiah. He's God in flesh. He's God almighty. So us giving... You know, of all of our lives, it would be like giving a penny to a trillionaire, and far more than that. The trillionaire can say, I, I really appreciate the sentiment, I, I really appreciate your actually loving devotion, because I know this is all that you have. For me, you know, I don't need it, but what I do see is I see your love. And that's Jesus here, he's like, he's worthy of all of our love and devotion. He's given his life for ours, and so we want to turn back to him in love and say, hey, I want to give you all that I possibly have in sacrificial love. That is Romans 1, uh, as Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 states, just about giving up our lives as those living sacrifices to him. Because he's worthy of all that we have to give and more. We can give sacrificially, not just because he's worth our all, but because we love him that much. Also, because we can give, we can sacrifice in the knowledge that we can trust him to take care of our every need. Even when we're giving up things in this sacrificial love. Things that we think, oh, I could have really used that for this. The Lord's like, I've asked you to give it, don't worry. I'm going to take care of that need that you have. And sometimes we find that the Lord k- takes care of it far better than, and it's quite often he does it, far better than we would have ever possibly taken care of that need ourselves. Because he's our heavenly father. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. He's the one who can take care of that tiny little need, which is a struggle for us, but is so easy for him. And it's reminding us to humble ourselves and to trust him to take care of us in that sacrificial love. Not to hold on to our lives so that we never sacrifice for him, but to say, you know what? I'm yours, Lord. How can I sacrifice for you? Because I know that I can trust you to take care of my every need as I live this sacrificial love. We're going to end there and we're going to pick up in verse 9 next week. But we'll just pray. Father, I just praise you and I thank you for your words. I thank you um, I thank you just for your love for us. Uh, I thank you for the example that we have in Scripture of Mary. We know in, uh, I think it's Mark, where uh, the story is relayed as well. Uh, it speaks about how uh, this uh, the story will be relayed wherever the gospel is preached. And uh, Father, I just thank you for Mary's loving devotion for you, which acts as an example for us of how we can love you sacrificially, not worrying about the expense of giving to you, not worrying about the humiliation of giving to you. Uh, but Father, being willing to uh, sacrifice our all for you, knowing that we can trust you in the process. And I pray that you'd continue to teach us that as we go throughout our lives, that you continue to remind us to trust you when uh, we have those moments of uh, not trusting you. And Father, that you would continue to lead us and guide us, to lead us in ways that we can sacrifice for you and ways that we can trust you. And uh, Father, we just ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.